Looking to buy or sell a home? Make sure you have the knowledge you need with a professional home inspection from National Property Inspections Fort Wayne, covering hundreds of homes' vital systems from roof to foundation. MPI also offers radon, mold, and pest inspections to give you complete peace of mind. Plus, every home inspection comes with a free six-month warranty. NPI is a veteran-owned, family-operated business that's proud to serve our local community. Call 260-705-9835 to schedule your inspection with MPI, Fort Wayne's premier home inspection service. Get $25 off your home inspection when you mention code NPI25. Hey there, my name is Tyler Morningstar, and I'm here with my co-host and mom, Carrie Morningstar. This is the Selling Fort Wayne podcast. This podcast is focused on all things real estate related in and around the Fort Wayne area. We'll also touch on some community events and some community outreach as well. Thank you for taking the time to listen. Now, let's dive into today's episode. Welcome to the Selling Fort Wayne podcast. I am your host, Tyler Morningstar, with my co-host and mother, Carrie Morningstar. Morningstar. We have a very... Huh? We said it together. Oh, there it is. <laughs> we have a really special guest today. A lot of information that we're going to provide to you with what's going on in our market now. Um, do you want to introduce our guest? I sure do. Um, Joe was here with us before, and somehow we didn't get it recorded, but times have changed since Joe was with us the last time. This is Joe Googleman with Upstar here in Fort Wayne, and Upstar is a um, an organization, a company, I'm not really sure, but Joe's going to explain all this to you too, that Tyler and I belong to uh, with our regional local MLS, which is the Multiple Listing Service. Welcome, Joe. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Um, again. So, again. This room <laughs> and familiar. again, and he said, no, the third time is not the charm. <laughs> yeah, so um, just to kind of build on what you said there, so Upstar is, is a realtor association. So the way that uh, realtor associations around the country work is the National Association of Realtors um, obviously covers the whole country. And then each state has their own. So we have the Indiana Association of Realtors. And then we're the local here for the Fort Wayne and surrounding area, um, the Upstate Alliance of Realtors and Upstar for short. Uh, and we're your local um, point of contact, your local association. Joe, give us a little background about yourself. Yeah. So I was uh, born and raised here in Fort Wayne, uh, New Haven High School graduate of 2000. Boy, that sounds like forever ago. Um, I uh, worked for the United States Postal Service right out of high school. Got a great job there. Um, perfect for an 18-year-old. It was really good. But um, uh, it was a temporary position. I was there about six years, and then they closed that facility out there on Coliseum Boulevard. So um, I packed up everything I owned and moved to Las Vegas. Um, I had gone there on a couple of vacations and had a blast. I'm, a, I'm an avid poker player, as I was talking with Tyler about before uh, we went on air here. And uh, went out there, had my adventures at 25. Um, was there about six years. Uh, came back, uh, got my realtor's license, joined the family business. My mom, Jody, was a longtime agent here uh, in town with Mike Thomas Associates and my sister as well, got her license at 18. So 
I had a spot waiting for me. I joined on just about the time I started getting comfortable and being pretty decent at it four years in. I uh, uh, kind of had the opportunity to join up Star Drop to my lap and um, took that opportunity and have been there uh, just over three years now. And we're happy that you did, Joe. You're a wealth of knowledge and a lot of help for us. Thank you. So I know I've had people say, like, I'll say I'm a member of Upstar and they'll say, what? in the world is Upstar. Can you tell us what Upstar is? Yeah, so there's a lot that we a lot that we do uh, at Upstar. So uh, the main reason that realtors join, um, let me give you a little bit of quick history. So it started way back in 1913, believe it or not, the Fort Wayne Real Estate Exchange, it was called back then. This was only five years after the National Association of Realtors was formed, um, which is NAR is still the oldest trade, or, uh, trade, I'm sorry, we are the oldest trade association in Fort Wayne. So... Mm. Um, over 110 years now. Um, and then it became the Fort Wayne Area Association of Realtors in 1953. Uh, we moved into our current building up here on DuPont, just down the street from you guys here uh, in 2002, been there ever since. And we brought in Huntington and Jay and Wells County in a merger uh, in 2008, 2009. Uh, we became the Upstate Alliance of Realtors, another name change in 2010. And then we joined the Indiana Regional MLS with 12 other local associations in September of 2012, and, and the, the regional really allowed us to uh, cut costs for you guys. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, when you're when you're negotiating software um, licenses for a large number of people, the more people you have, the, the lower per user rate that we can get you guys. So, um, then also just the ability for you guys to list properties uh, in more of the surrounding areas of the state. You know, you're not limited to the local uh, surrounding counties like you used to be. So. Uh, a lot of benefits for the the MLS side of it, for sure. And like I said, IRMLS was formed 10 years ago. Um, we have, uh, it was 13 boards when it was formed, then it went to 14, and then one dissolved last year. So we're back to 13. Um, and yeah, just that expanded footprint is really what uh, is really what benefits you guys there as well. You know, you said MLS. I've said MLS just in this podcast. And a lot of times people don't know what that means. So can you expand a little bit on that, Joe? What is the MLS? Yeah, so an MLS uh, stands for Multiple Listing Service. So it is kind of a, a novel concept when you think about it for to have a trade organization come together um, and be able to both compete and cooperate. Mm-hmm. You don't see that with car dealers. You don't see that with many other you know um, industries. Uh, but it was determined a long time ago that that was... Uh, the best way to go about it, to be able to have a central location, um, realtor-owned software um, for promoting your seller's listings and finding listings for your buyers when you're on that side. So, uh, like I said, the cooperation and compensation between competitors is is, is a very novel concept uh, for a trade uh, organization or association to have. Um, the other things that the MLS does besides just advertising your current active listings is allows you to pull up sales data, comp data, we call it, um, for the purposes of appraisal, for determining where, what price point to list a house at, to look at recent sales data is very, very beneficial. And to have a central hub for that, you know, is very much a benefit um, on that side of it as well. And then there's just the standardization of data. People don't think about that part of it, but, you know, you don't have to wonder where do I go to find the, the square footage of the, of the third bedroom, you know, right where to look for it. Mm-hmm. So that's another big, uh, big part of it that kind of those three factors kind of, I think is what makes the MLS special. Yeah. I was just thinking about how, how impactful the MLS is for real estate agents because there's so many things we can do on the backside with data and graphs. Information. And just, just 
median home, in, you know, home prices, and just it's it's just there's so much, and it's really nice being able to request showings right from it. Mm-hmm. You know, being able to get feedback on your on your on, after a showing. Uh, the lockbox system that integrates so seamlessly to allow you to get into properties. I mean, there's just so many moving parts. Um, and to have all these be independent systems would be kind of a nightmare for your day-to-day work. So My favorite feature, and I think it's relatively new, is the price analysis when you go to put in a listing. So yeah. if, you're, if you're not familiar with this, and this is good for whether you're you know, uh, an agent yourself or just a consumer, when you go put in a listing, and you put in most of the criteria, you know, bedrooms, bathrooms, square footage, price, location. At the top, you can hit price analysis, and it'll tell you how many people that are already tied into the MLS as consumers that this home ticks their criteria. And so it's pretty cool. So you can get, you can tell your your clients, say, hey, listen, we've got 200 hits or people who could be potentially interested in this house. It's just, again, goes back to how much valuable data is on the MLS. Yeah, being able to strategize and hit that perfect price point where you're balancing between, you know, trying to get every dollar versus the timeline that your sellers have mm-hmm. as far as their needs. And, you know, that that uh, a little bit of that almost makes you feel like you can see into the future a little bit and kind of makes you look like a wizard to your clients. Well, what else is nice, too, in your notes here, you have the standardization of data, which is massive. I mean, yeah. you know, I can go anywhere, look at any and it's just all the same. Yep. It's just easy to navigate. It's just having that continuity is just really nice. You can pull up your same reports, you know, when you're getting ready to do a listing and, and be able to analyze, no matter where that particular property is, know how to best drill down into the data um, without it taking eight hours to do it. Mm-hmm. Do you have to be, do you have to belong to Upstar to be a realtor? To be a realtor, the realtor brand uh, is, is yes, that is property of NAR. To call yourself a realtor, you do have to be a member of NAR and then obviously your state and local associations underneath those. Um, so to be a realtor, yes. For MLS access, yes. Um, to be a real estate agent, technically, no. There is no you know, your but license. But what good is that right. if you're not a, a, you know, sure. connected to the MLS? Yeah, the vast majority of agents join uh, a local association if, for nothing else other than uh, MLS access, although we obviously do a lot more beyond just that for you guys as well. Right. Keeps us out of trouble. Absolutely. Absolutely. I've had that call from Joe saying, Carrie, what are you doing? <laughs> and I, said, and I, think we, I think we all have. And I screamed and I threw things and I Oh, hardly the case. Hardly the case. <laughs> it's more Very like gentleman-like. A, it's more like a, it's when the parent says disappointed. Yeah. It's like, oh, <laughs> yeah. man. Doggone it. <laughs> I do. Yeah. I, I do. I feel more disappointment than anger. That's yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, I've had the Joe call and you went, oh, shoot. Doggone it. <laughs> Happens to all of us. Yeah. Everybody makes mistakes. That's right? exactly right. So... You know, for people who either A, are thinking about real estate, B, are new agents, or even just someone who's a consumer who's interested, what are the benefits to belonging to Upstar? Yeah, so as we mentioned, the MLS access is probably the number one, uh, if, you were to, if you were to survey the membership, that would probably be the number one reason that, uh, because you just, like you said, you can't really conduct business very well without access to all the listings. You're certainly not going to be... You certainly wouldn't be on the cutting edge. You certainly wouldn't be able to be one of the first ones in a house when it hits the market because we, you know, our turnaround times on our internal systems that you can set up to to send listings, new listings out to your clients 
it's direct information from the MLS. So it's within 15 minutes of a listing getting posted. They're getting emails. You're getting emails. Um, so that's faster huge. than Zillow. Way faster. <laughs> way faster. And it's just the way those those systems work, right? They can only they can't pull all the data every second of every day. They only have so many resources. Even these huge companies only have so many so much bandwidth um, to pull. So they have cycle times, right? They only check for new listing information every however whatever their particular cycle is. Um, ours, we don't really deal with that. It's push notification, basically. It's very quick. So um, that is obviously the probably the number one benefit. Um, besides that, though, the networking, the events that we put on, uh, our membership director, Ashley Lanning, has been there for, almost, I think, 15 years now. She's um, awesome. She's the best. I mean, she just she's the lifeblood of that place. Um, everything that's working, it all comes out looking like it was effortless and... It is not. I mean, she's scrambling around all the time. Making we have so many events coming up this summer. Um, it's unbelievable. But yeah, she keeps the wheels greased, keeps everything moving. Um, so that networking is huge. We have um, things like the YPN committee, which is Young Professionals Network, and it's young at heart. It's not young on on paper, but anybody can join it. But just th that's a fun group. They go out and do all kinds of fun boat boat cruises and casino days, and you know it's a pub crawls, all kinds of fun stuff to get realtors together, and not just realtors, but our, our affiliates as well, our, our lenders, our title reps, our uh, inspection people. You know everybody who joins Upstar um, takes part in these, and it just forms this great community and. Um, that's a big benefit as well for you guys to be able to network and get to know folks. Um, our education, uh, believe it or not, Ashley's also our education director. So, you know, she's in charge of all the CE. We got CE deadline coming up here at the end of the month. Um, so everybody's scrambling. That's how I always did it every year was wait to the very last minute and cram like crazy. Guilty. Guilty. Procrastinators. <laughs> I mean, imagine, you know, when I'm starting out as a new agent, you're just trying to keep everything in front of you. So it was like, you put that fire out when it came up, right? Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I mean, the education, the, the pre-licensing we offer, uh, your post-licensing requirements, your CE, we have all that. We have a school right in, right in the building there that we provide great live learning. If you want to actually learn something, sit in front of somebody who's done it for many years. If you want to just get your requirements done, go online and click buttons every 30 seconds until you're through it. But, you know, I, I, I always looked at it. When it came time to get it done, you wanted you wanted to actually learn and continue to grow in, in your understanding of how how the industry works and how it can you know how you can benefit from it. Um, obviously, the software that we provide is a big part of it, not just the MLS system itself. Um, we use a we use a program called Paragon, which is one of the uh, most used MLS systems across the country. I think they're in the top three for sure. Uh, but in addition to that, we have things like ZipForm, which is uh, included to all of our members. That allows them to grab all the state contracts, all their amendments, addendums purchase agreements, you know, um, inspection responses, all those things that make a transaction flow um, all in one central hub um, with a built-in e-signature platform as well. Um, so that's that's a great offering. Things we mentioned before, like showing time for the scheduling of showings um, to make that a one-click, easy-as-can-be kind of operation. So once you arrive to the property, SentryLock is our lockbox um, vendor that we use um, that secures the key secures the property until the agent shows up with a confirmed showing and can access that and get their clients in. We recently, in the last probably 18 months, I think it's been now, brought on a, a product called Forewarn, which we actually had this brought to us by a, a team here. Uh, a group of our members came to our executive officer, David Blue, and said, hey, David, we have this great program we've been paying for uh, called Forewarn. Uh, it is agent safety is really what it's all about. It allows agents to, if they get a cold lead, if somebody they don't know personally or wasn't referred to them personally, uh, allows them to, you know, 
pull up that person's information, basically all public records, the phone number they're providing, the name they're providing, they can verify all that's true. And we were so thrilled to bring that on without a single, we didn't have to raise your guys' dues a single penny to pay for that. So we take agent safety very seriously. We all, all heard the horror stories over the years of, of, of agents being attacked and things like that. So um, that is money well spent for sure to, to guarantee that you guys are as safe as you can be out there. Um, and the people who brought it to us actually, she told us that the first time she used it, the first person that called on a floor call that she looked up had a long rap sheet of sexual assaults and all mm. kinds of horrible things in his past. So she said it paid for itself for the rest of her life. If, if it was only that one time, it was worth it. So Forewarn's a great product. Um, some of the other stuff we do, our pack is a big, the Realtors um, Political Action Committee. Um, we identify candidates at the state, local and national levels who will you know, work with our realtors to promote and protect the American dream of home ownership. Um, things like um, the lobbying for the industry. Um, there, there was something in the state house last year, I think it was last year or two years ago, uh, that wanted to impose a, a tax on all your commissions, an additional tax um, on top of all the taxes you're already paying. And our PAC was able to help defeat that measure at the state house. So um, a lot of it's, again, it's a trade association. We're here looking out for our members first and foremost, uh, which allows you to spend your time taking care of your clients and, and serving the public. Now, wait a minute. I got a question for Joe. Yeah. You mentioned you have a school. So if somebody's listening and they are thinking about being a real estate agent, can they come to um, the Upstar office and become a realtor? Yeah, they can come in. They can call in. They can go to our website, upstarschool.com. Um, we have all the information there on pre-licensing and how to get the ball rolling. And yeah, many ways to get that started if you're interested. Just an FYI for any, what would the class cost? I have people ask me all the time and I have no idea because when you're talking the longest trade, when I took the class, it was $5. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I was just kind of curious because I, I don't really know anymore. Yeah, I'm actually not sure of current pricing. That's not my area of expertise. Up, Upstar up School. Yeah. Yep, Upstar School. I bet Ashley knows. I bet Ashley knows in her sleep. <laughs> <laughs> Joe, one more question. Yes. How many uh, agents are current in Allen County? We are, well, of all of Upstar, I will say, okay. so this, the surrounding counties, we don't necessarily break down agent count by county. That's not true. We do. But uh, I do know that our Upstar members, which again is the is... Allen County and then the surrounding six counties around us. Um, we're at just over 1,800 total members, um, which is an all-time high for sure. That includes appraisers. That includes includes MLS-only offices. There's you know there's kind of a variety right. of types that are in there. But yeah, as far as the overall count, that's uh, that's a high watermark for sure. Well, wow. Well, talking more about pub. I, I have a question. Oh, okay, your turn. Yeah, thanks. Um, Paragon. Yes. How long has Upstar been using Paragon? Oh, good question. So Paragon, uh, my understanding, again, this all kind of predates, I was out in Vegas living it up when this all happened, but um, what I've heard of the of the um, history of it. So we had a system previously called Rapitoni until like 2013, 2014. Uh, I think when the regional MLS was formed, when we joined IRMLS as a founding member, um, that's when that uh, switch to Paragon was made. Um, it was around that time. So I didn't... I don't know why. It just, I guess when you're in your own bubble, you don't think about it. I didn't know there was other MLS oh, yeah. stuff. So what? why do we keep using Paragon? I'm not saying it's bad. Right. I, I don't think we should change. I'm not saying we should. Yeah. I'm just curious. So this is a constant, I would say constant. It comes up pretty often in our, in our MLS board of directors. We have an MLS board of directors that addresses these kinds of issues. 
Um, as a part of the regional, though, we don't we don't make those final decisions. Mm. We're part of a collective, um, but we have two representatives on that board from from our board that go there and, and represent Upstar as one of the larger boards uh, that make it up. So um, those decisions are all made at the regional level at this point because again, we're we're rather than our 1,800 members and the cost per user we would be able to get negotiating for that number, we have over 7,000 agents in sure. IRMLS that are allow, allows us to get a much better bulk rate. Sure. So yeah, it all comes down to cost. Um, you know, I think Paragon's a good system. I think, you know, uh, it's, the grass is always greener. Sure. There's always going to yep. be people who, who swear Rapitoni was better than you have people who do bless the day that we got rid of Rapitoni. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it all comes down to, they all offer their own pros and cons like anything else. Um, um, there definitely are, are other options out there. Some of them are quite pricey. Some of them would, would the, the dues increases, we would hear a lot of uh, pushback on that mm -hmm. if we were to switch. So a lot of it's cost balancing. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Yep. So, all right, we're going to change gears a little bit. We're going to talk about the market today and what's going on. Now, before we jump into those numbers, though, is there a public site that people can view the MLS? Let's say they're not, you know, for whatever reason, fans of Zillow or Realtor.com. Do they have other options? Yeah, there, there are options out there. So, obviously, the number one I would suggest is to, is to get in contact with a realtor. Um, get that relationship Call set me. up. <laughs> Call a realtor and get the collaboration center. We call it. It's it's a it's a pr uh, part of Paragon that uh, allows a lot of automation uh, of that process as far as searching for homes. Um, the ability to to build, set up a safe search, turn on automatic notifications when new listings hit that match your search criteria. Collaboration center itself. It's an online portal that the client logs into. They can favorite properties, they can reject properties, and they can create their own custom buckets and throw, you know, it really helps in the organization. If you've, I'm sure you've searched for a home yourself before, it can be very overwhelming. So mm -hmm. um, the ability to not just scroll endlessly every day and, and, you know, keep track of what you have seen, what you have liked, communication tools built in, agent comments, client comments back and forth, a lot of good stuff there. So that's that's the, the number one. If I, if I was a consumer, I would definitely go that route just because of what it offers you. The other options, reindiana.com. Um, is IRMLS's public-facing kind of quote-unquote Zillow or Realtor.com sort of um, alternative. Um, all the listing data from the MLS comes right right through direct. So uh, that's kind of the public consumer-facing website that I would I would push if you're not currently working with a realtor. Um, and then HomeSnap is an app that agents uh, in our association use um, for like a mobile MLS when they're out in the field. It uh, works very well to tie in directly. They can request showings, they can see the property boundary lines, they can make s simple changes to their listings on the fly, all kinds of stuff. But the, the client can download, anybody can download HomeSnap from their app store and that allows you to kind of, in a similar way to Collab Center, sort of stay in communication, tight communication with your agent and search properties and, and get notifications and all that kind of stuff as well. Yeah, if you, if I've had a few clients who are techie and they loved HomeSnap. They loved it. They were able to get the seller's disclosure. They could look at property yep. lines. So for them, they were like, you know, I don't want to waste your time with a showing on a home that ultimately I'm not going to like. And they were, they loved it. Yeah. So I would encourage anybody listening to this to download HomeSnap, play around with it, especially if you have an agent like Joe mentioned, you can be synced. You can send messages back and forth. You can favorite stuff. The agent can see everything you're doing. And it just, it makes it really seamless. There's some cool features in that that, that are kind of exclusive to them. Things like... Um, like searching based on commute time, mm -hmm. like your, your commute time to and from a, a specific address for work or, you know, things like that. So, yeah, there's a lot of great features in that. And if you're very app-based, I would say HomeSnap is your best choice at this point. Right, Mom? You love HomeSnap. I do. I love all technology and apps. 
What a spokesmodel. <laughs> yeah. Tell us more. Ooh. <laughs> Please don't put that on there. I, I love home snap. Is that how it's pronounced? <laughs> home, home snap. I, I use it all the time. All right, Joe. So listeners, all six of you out there, listen to this. Here's where we're going to get really into the weeds here. So, Joe, what changes have you seen in the past few years regarding inventory on the MLS? Yeah, so I'm trying to keep this as streamlined as possible to not bore everybody with just endless numbers. So we're going to kind of just look at like 10 years ago-ish, last year and this year to kind of just kind of show you the long-term trend and then and then what where we've seen it move uh, year to year. So obviously the, the market is completely different than it was in 2011 um, coming out of the, the Great Recession. The housing crash back then, so we're going to see how kind of stark different a lot of these numbers are. Uh, one of the things that hasn't changed all that much um, between then and now is actually new listings. If you look, we had seven hundred, just over seven hundred new listings in May of twenty eleven. Last year in May we had six hundred two. This year we had five twenty four. So it's not like it's two or three x what we you know or 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 a two or three x reduction in what we used to have in new listings. I think that where you're going to see these other numbers kind of show is is the amount that are being sold of in compared to the new listings that hit each month. So, in you know in May of 2011 of the 722 new listings, we also we then sold 338 houses. So we had a net gain of a couple hundred, three even three plus hundred, uh, almost 400. So that builds inventory, right? When you have more houses added to the market than sell, uh, you know you're 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 going to build inventory. You're going to have more houses that are then available month to month. Um, but like last year, we had 602 new listings, but 502 of those sold. So, you know, only 100 gain. So, you know, and then obviously some properties drop off, they expire out, whatever it may be. So the, the smaller that, that tighter those two numbers are together, the, the less inventory you're going to build up and the more strained the market's going to be for inventory. So this year, I just ran the numbers this morning, 524 new listings, 410 sold last month. So... Um, plus 114. So pretty similar, a little bit of a gain there as far as building a little bit more inventory. And we're starting to see that in the actual inventory numbers. So this is this is where the number that kind of jumps out the most. So uh, 2011, we had 2,428 homes on the market That's concurrent. Um, last year at this time, we had 272. So about a 90% decrease in actual homes available at, at that time. And the good news is we're up to 449 as of right now. So year over year, uh, that's almost double. I mean, that's a 40% or so increase. So we're, we're starting to see some light at the end of the tunnel as far as just the staggeringly low number of houses that are actually available to shop. Because, you know, if you're a buyer right now, it's the most frustrating thing in the world because there's 272 houses this time last year. There's a lot of buyers. So every single house is being fought over uh, tooth and nail. So ideally, we're moving back towards somewhat of a balanced market. Um, obviously, 2,400 listings 10 years ago, that was a very special um, sort of marker in time. There was a lot of homes for sale, not a lot of buyers because of the state of the economy. So we want to be somewhere in the middle of those two extremes is ideal. Um, average sale prices, this is only considered, uh, continue to rise. Um, so I keep, I keep prosticating, looking out for that it's going to level off and so far it just has not. So um, some of this has to do with inflation, I think. Some of it has to do with just the continued low inventory in general. But 2011, we the average home price in Allen County was $109,000. Uh, this time last year was all the way up to $230,000. And of, as of this month, the ones that sold back in, in last month in May, uh, $251,000, which is easily the highest ever. And that's a 2.3x increase over 2011 numbers. So, wow. yeah, they just keep going up and up and up. So is there an end to it? Is there a leveling? 
Who knows? Yeah. I don't know. I'm done trying to predict it. Yeah. Wow. You could make a lot of money, though, if you're right. Sure. It's all about timing. Right? Yeah, definitely. The biggest biggest thing I hear from folks is, you know, if I sell now, yeah, my house is at an all-time high, but where am I going to go? Mm-hmm. Yep. Where do you go? It's been that way for a couple of years. Yeah. 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 So that has continued. And hopefully, like I said, as this inventory starts to ho- fill back into a, a reasonable number and we get somewhat of a balanced market, you know, if, if you feel like you can go buy a home when, after you sell yours, you know, that's going to, that's going to encourage a lot more people to actually look to list their home rather than staying put because again you're gonna you're gonna sell your home you're gonna get good money for it but then you're gonna go pay a lot for the next one so mm-hmm. it all balances fine. out though eventually it does. sure sure market forces are ultimately going to balance um macroeconomics of course are always going to have a big part of that though what's going on in the world in the country in the state you know stuff out of our control <laughs> absolutely but we got people got to live somewhere right mm-hmm. and they're not making any new dirt so um, yeah, like you said, it's always a, a balancing act. But I think the growth of Fort Wayne, we're seeing what we're seeing here, especially in valuations, is that more people are flooding into Allen County than ever before. Um, and there's, you know, just a, a demand for more housing that so far we haven't been able to meet. And, you know, speaking of that, with people coming here and there's such a high demand, that's had to force some new things in how we operate. And I'll let you speak on these, for example, escalation clauses sight unseen and listed coming soon those are all i'd say relatively new within what three years or so give or take yeah i mean i think escalation clauses have been around a little longer than you might realize i think they were new let me correct myself it's been used yes much more uh, increasingly than it has been in the past that's what i was going to say they've been there but they the, the need for them didn't really reveal themselves until more recently so yeah, I mean, we're as as a local association, as a state association, as a national association, as an as a regional MLS. All these bodies, what we're doing every day, other than just answering your support calls and and you know keeping the things moving, is we're always trying to look and see how can we adapt, how can we help our members, how can we help the public, um, you know, navigate these waters that are ever changing. So, yeah, we have a couple of uh, uh, we actually we have a representative on the forms committee at the state level. Um, who listens to agent feedback uh, and passes on suggestions to that forms committee on forms, um, how they can be improved each year, new ones that might be needed. Um, and like you said, recently we've done, they brought in things like the escalation clause, which is a way that when a, when a house has a lot of competition on it, offers, you know, it gives, the, gives your buyer an opportunity to kind of set their max price, almost like an eBay listing kind of thing where you say, I'll pay up to this amount. I'll go over the next best amount, uh, next best offer by this amount, and it kind of allows them to um, smartly sort of navigate that whole bidding bidding war process. Um, so definitely get a hold of a realtor, have them kind of help you through that. Because if you didn't know any better, and you, you know you were trying to do this on your own, you wouldn't even know that existed, and you'd be kind of left behind in certain scenarios. Um, and you wouldn't have access to it. Right. Right. Exactly. Those are state forms. Right. I mean, anybody can. I mean, some of that is, you know, we have, you know, IR maintains a team of attorneys that every year look at the forms, redraft them, you know, certify them to, to be in compliance with all laws. So that's that's a big part of uh, another thing that we offer the members is the ability to have, you know, everybody if everybody's using the same form, everybody knows what that form does and that it, it you're not get, you're not crossing any any legal boundaries by using it. Yeah, and and for the consumer out there, one thing you may not know is every year not all the forms, but 
the forms are like like Joe mentioned, they're redone to kind of meet the way things are happening now. Or if there's a problem or an issue, they're corrected. And we have to relearn these forms and what they mean every year. We get a big PowerPoint presentation or, or a PDF, and we've got to go through everything and explain why things are struck out or why things are added. And uh, I mean, I kind of like it a little bit because it's just, I don't know, it's just kind of fun to see what else is new. Yeah, I always look forward to that part too. I yeah, it's kind of nerdy. We're nerds. Yeah, but... Um, Wait well, a minute, the forms... The purchase agreement isn't on a three-page carbon copy anymore. <laughs> <laughs> now you're really showing your age. <laughs> no, you don't have to go to the listing office to pick up the keys anymore. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> so my point in saying that is every year, you know, the, the forms in, in one capacity or another are different. So, yeah, anyway, so the forms, yeah, they change every year. So they're always evolving, which is nice but as an agent and as a consumer because it means they're keeping up with the way the market is moving and the way it's behaving. Whether that's negative or positive, it's kind of keeping everything in check. Yeah, I mean, and that, that ability to, to, to be on our, stay on our feet, stay on our toes, uh, adapt to things that are, you know, things that reveal themselves. A great example of that is our, our listed coming soon status. So we brought a status in uh, coming up on two years ago now. Um, it was controversial at the time. Every time I get a chance to explain it to an agent, they I usually win them over, kind of kind of explaining why it was brought in specifically. I think everybody just thinks it's, oh, you're just trying to close everything out, and you know you're trying to hold people out of the door, and it's unfair, and 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 really it's not. If you if you if you have it explained to you, so back when I was an agent, we a couple times we had this scenario, and I'm sure you guys have faced this many times, um, where you know you have clients, the sellers that want to list with you today. Uh, but they're saying we're not going to be ready for more than three days. Well, you're, you have three days once you take a listing contract to get it in the MLS. That's part of what you agree to to, to be a member of the MLS is you're not going to take a listing and just sit on it. Mm-hmm. You know, part of the, the cooperation part of that um, that that defines an MLS is that you you know you're going to share your listings with with the other companies. They're going to share theirs with yours, and everybody benefits, right? So uh, we call those pocket listings if you were to take a listing and just sit on it indefinitely. So we have a three day rule. You got to have it in the MLS within three days. And, you know, that's that three-day limit is even somewhat controversial. But, you know, you got to have time to get photographs. You have to time to get, you know, things ready in the best of circumstances. But if you have anything else, if there's painting that needs to be completed, if there's repairs, if there's flooring, if there's staging, if there's landscaping that needs done for curb appeal, whatever it is, it's almost impossible to get all that done in a three-day period. So what Listed Coming Soon did, so if you previously, if you had a client that said, well, we need a week to paint and this and that, you were in between a rock and a hard place. You had to, ha- you know, if you took that listing today, which you want to, obviously you want to get them under contract, start working on what you need to do to get the property ready um, and secure your position with them. Um, if you took it today and waited a week, you're in violation of MLS rules. So it was kind of a catch-22 previously. So what listing coming soon does is allow you to take that listing today. You go off, you run off, you start printing your flyers, get your photographs set up, all that, while they're working on their side. And you can def- you can basically push off the start a start showing date, we call it, up to 21 days into the future. So that buys all the time you need to do whatever you need to do or they need to do um, to get the property ready to go. Um, agents can start scheduling showings for that start showing date right away. So that whole system still flows, you know, where everybody's made aware of it. Uh, it's transparent. Everybody knows that this listing is out there. Uh, it's coming soon. Um, and that really just kind of alleviates some of that those, those situations where you feel like you're stuck otherwise. Mm-hmm. I do... Um the other thing that's helpful about the listed coming soon from a, a, an agent standpoint is sometimes you have buyers that drag their feet. And so when you do the listed coming soon and there's a deadline, it helps kind of get them moving. The urgency. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. I can see that for sure. I do want to revisit something 
You said your purchase agreements back in 1945 were three pages long. No, they were two, but they two were two pages long. But they were three pages. Of, talking to the mic. They were three pages of carbon copy. So you ripped off one yeah. for the office, one for you. But the purchase agreement was two pages long. Mm-hmm. Thankfully, Truman fixed all that. Right? Man, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what you guys are talking about. He was the president then. In oh, post-war effort. They had to really. I like it. It was a good one. Um, so your purchase agreement was two pages long. I mean, I feel like that just opens up so many potential problems with doing a transaction because there's just things that are probably not addressed. I mean, did, was there a lot of issues back then? I mean, there's issues now and our pages, they're eight pages long. Well, there wasn't buyer's representation when, mm. you, when uh, in you know, several years ago when you... Uh, sold a house, you real, real, you were working for the seller technically because they were paying for you. Mm-hmm. So I don't know when that happened. I think it was the late 80s when um, buyer's representation, it defined who was a buyer's agent and who was a listing agent, even though the listing agent still pays the commission of the buyer's agent. Although I've heard that may change. I don't know how that's going to work, but there was a lot of... Uh, but there weren't as many... Um, legal ramifications. I mm. mean, it's just, it's... Not as sue happy back then. Well, not sue happy, but I don't even know. A lot of stuff was still done by handshake or by word. Mm. You know, hey, you know, especially with the crash of 2008. Hey, Mr. Appraiser, can you make sure this appraises at this dollar amount? Yeah. You know, so... I want to make sure my part-time employee client gets this house. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, there was just, there was a lot of things that was like the good old boy club yeah. back then, if you will. But as the trades have changed and ours being, you know, one of the oldest, I think that's helped because honestly, with being in the business as long as I have, 34 years, all the changes that I have seen have been so positive and so protecting of not only the consumer, the client, the customer, but also as us as agents. So speaking of changes, yeah. what changes do you kind of foresee coming into this next year? I know it's difficult, but... You yeah. Know, best guess. Yeah, I'm not a fortune teller, but I can kind of, you know, I read a lot of articles. I read, you know, I'm a news junkie to a certain degree. So, um, kind of what I'm seeing is, you know, this inflation thing has been the big story for the last year or so. Um, and, and the Fed just continued to bump interest rates um, a quarter point at a time. Uh, it sounds like that's over for now. Um, I, I mean, hopefully. Oh, happy day. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, we want to get that balance back. We want to get that under control and and and, and mitigate those those forces. Well, and I want to jump in real quick and, yeah. and piggyback off that because what I hear from people is, you know, if things would just be consistent or a plateau, yeah. people can work with that. Right. But it's really difficult, like when they start their process and they're approved at X interest rate, they have to shop for a home for three weeks. They get under contract. They go through the process, and you know, it takes about a month. Yeah. There are different interest rates. Their now. final interest rates, like. Yeah, it's way higher. different. And, yeah. and people, you know, understandably so, that'd be a challenge. Yeah. Yeah. When there's times of turbulence, it's it's very, it's it's not uh, not a really easy process to go through when, when things are changing. So you're right. Just the fact that hopefully that's done and now we're, we can forecast a little more of what, what the Fed's going to do and what, you know, hopefully what that's going to entail and where it's going to lead us, that, that stability should hopefully help you know, in a lot of ways, you know, interest rates leveling off, you know, we're still under the hundred year average average on mortgage rates. I mean, I think the hundred year average is like 7%. So we're still 
below that. So it's not like it's the bad old days of the early 80s where it was 19% and you were happy to get it, you know. It's crazy. Um, it's different than that. But, I mean, it definitely, anytime it moves, everybody thinks it's never going to stop moving, right? So that's always the, the market fears, I guess. But as far as, you know, home values, home prices, this continued trend that we've just had year after year of rising and rising where it seems like it can't possibly rise anymore and then we go up another 40%. So um, the two major firms, um, Zillow and Moody's, I just read an article about this, they disagree on whether house pri- house prices, housing prices are going to go up or down over the next year. Who so, says what? I think it was Zillow said up and Moody's said down. Mm. So again, you know. But don't ma- you think that depends on the location? Because just as you were talking about earlier with our inventory, I can't see where the pricing would go down when you have a low inventory. Oh, sure. There, there are definitely markets around the country that are growing. There's some that are that are contracting. I mean, that, the local forces are always going to be different. But just, you know, the macro, what is, what is the trend across the country? What is the overall picture looking like? Because 2008, we all changed for the worse at the same time. You know, everything. Here, it wasn't as bad, obviously, as L.A. or Vegas or, you know, these large, these large cities that just had massive drops in valuation. We dipped. We stayed there. We rose back up two years later. I mean, that's Fort Wayne has traditionally been a much more, you know, less, a much less volatile kind of market. I don't know what these valuations now. Who knows if we've joined the party with everybody else and we're going to have a correction? I don't know. Uh, I do know that, you know, as as this city continues to grow and it doesn't seem like that's going to stop anytime soon, uh, you know, demand will continue to outpace supply at this point. I don't think that's going to magically fix itself overnight. Um, but beyond that, you know, your guess is as good as mine. It's really just guessing because, like I said, we all thought, oh, yeah, this is going to do I'm I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> Joe, do you foresee Fort Wayne now or coming? Of course, this is in your crystal ball again. But I know you must like a little bit of crystal ball because you were a poker player. Yeah. But yeah. do you think we're... data, yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Do you foresee us catching to the national home average or do you see us there? Catching up to it? Yes. No, I think as a Midwestern city of a medium size, I think we'll always trail um, that those large numbers you see on the coast. I don't think we'll ever get to that point. Now, you know, looking at Fort Wayne, again, 2.3x over the last 12 years or whatever, that's a massive increase for a short period of time. And if you look at the long-term history of Fort Wayne, we never, we've never had a growth period like that. In a, in a compressed fashion like that. It was always slow and steady, slow and steady uh, over many years. Um, so that is new. I mean, that, that whether it's the different, you know, whether it's the combination of uh, the housing crisis 10 years ago and then, and then COVID, you know, there's things that are just, you couldn't help but be affected by it, no matter where you're at in the country. So I still feel like Fort Wayne is still at its core, the city that it's always been. I, I feel like you know, whatever whatever issues we're dealing with, I feel like they're they're going to be more mitigated than a lot of these cities where just the values just it's you know like a roller coaster up and down every ten years. I don't think we've become that type of market, but yeah, again, who knows? Who knows? Well, back in the day when I had to walk to school with holes in my boots and stuff, and you know, the snow was really bad and uphill both ways. Yes, yeah. We used to tell people if you were lucky to get a three percent, you know, increase in a year. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it's just, it, it's flooring to me being in the business for so long to see those staggering numbers. I mean, I've had people who have purchased a home and within a year have moved and made money, even paying commissions, their closing costs and so forth. It's just been absolutely mind-boggling. Yeah, even just in the last year, year over year, 230000 last year, 251 now. That's a 10% increase in one year. And you, and we thought it would have leveled out by now. That's crazy. Yeah, it is. It's pretty wild. Um, 
But again, you, you bring people in, you grow a city, that's kind of to be expected to a certain degree. So one of the things here that kind of involves you as well, or, or Upstar, I should say, if somebody feels like they've been treated unfairly in this process, whether it's discrimination or whatever, you know, something that, that, that shouldn't have taken place, what, what, what do they need to do? What are some steps for them? Yeah, so depending on who it is and what has happened to them, I mean, there's different paths this can take. I mean, um, you kind of mentioned discrimination. Uh, you, you know, there's things like more, more straight-up fights over money, whether it's earnest money or whether it's you know, deposits, whatever it is. There's a lot of different kind of paths this can take. But Upstar in general is the point of contact for be it a member of ours, be it one of you guys or, or a member of the public. Um, we can be that point, that first point of contact to help guide you. Uh, we have a um, person in my office, um, Casey, who's our um, who's our professional standards liaison. So she will intake those calls. She's the one who's going to basically listen to your story, listen to what happened and, and help you determine uh, who it is to put you in contact with to to get that ball rolling and to get that adjudicated, um, you know, fairly. So, we you know, code of ethics is the main main thing that our realtors abide by. Um, that's that's a nationwide code of ethics that all realtors have to comply with um, in their dealings and in their business. Um, if they don't, and they face serious sanctions, um, depending on what the what the violation of those of that code is, that's a that's an agent to agent or consumer to agent situation is typically code of ethics. Um, other things that other ways this can go, things like the alternative dispute resolution that a lot of you utilize in a transaction where both parties agree to to avoid court costs and, and all the all the costs that come with retaining attorneys and things. If you're fighting over an eight hundred dollar refrigerator, it doesn't make a lot of sense to get the to get the law involved because you're going to eat up that money in two seconds mm-hmm. anyway. So an ADR allows both sides to basically enter an arbitration process to fight over. Um, smaller dollar f- amounts uh, in a dispute. Um, so we, you know, the 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 Better Business Bureau, I think, is still the one that that adjudicates that um, to this at this point. State attorneys general can get involved if there's an, an actual violation of of an agent's license law. So, the laws of Indiana that that regulate what it means to be licensed as a real estate agent. Um, there's certain activities and, and things that an agent can do to, to cross themselves against the state attorney's general's office. And then just our MLS rules at the most kind of basic level, um, the rules that you guys agree to uh, in order to be a member of the MLS, the way you're going to handle. We talked about pocket listings before, things like that, you know, holding off showings for some, allowing others in, that, that all that kind of stuff. Just the, the fairness um, of how your listing is is handled and how it's unveiled to the public. Um, is a lot of what I, that's actually what I administer is that, that body document of rules, um, the IRMLS rules and regs and our local upstart amendments to that document. So yeah, there's a lot of different ways it can go. There are, no matter what it is though, if you feel like anybody involved in the transaction feel like, feels like they've been treated unfairly, then we absolutely can, can assist in that. So are you saying that if a homeowner feels like they've been wronged, they can call you directly or should they call the attorney general or who would you suggest? Would you call Upstar first? I mean, if, if it's, if, if they're having a dispute with their own agent, I would say they can, you know, it'd probably be in their best interest to reach out to us directly. Um, you know, if they're, if it's about the other side, you know, obviously work with your agent. I mean, that's going to be, the, your agent's going to be the, the person to help you. It's like everything else in the transaction, even if it comes all the way down to something like this, um, you know, your, your realtor is going to be the one to help you um, kind of navigate those waters and get that process started. Re- a lot of times the agents are the ones that reach out to us on their client's behalf and then we 
you know, pass them on from there, depending on what the appropriate body is, if it's not us directly. Like I said, with the, M- the MLS rules are kind of really the only thing that we do these days. We used to, the arbitrations and things like that, we used to handle in-house, but that was all moved to the state level years ago. So I remember when. I'm sure you do. <laughs> <laughs> I remember how excited we were when interest rates went to single digit. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. And everybody was just buying. Oh, Can yeah. you believe it's 9%? Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, my mom and dad always tell, I mean, they bought the house I was born in in like 1981. And she said their realtor, a longtime realtor here in town, called them up and said, we got to get in the car. They're down to 17%. And they, they literally rushed out and bought it. You know, that, oh, that was gosh. a big deal. Now, wait a minute. We're kind of in that same position, but it's because of lack of inventory. When right. a house comes on the market now, oh yeah, you got to be quick. I mean, early bird gets the worm. Exactly, and and it's amazing. I mean, the listing coming soon is a great tool because it does prepare people. But with us having that um, hot sheet every day, where all the new listings come up mm-hmm. continuously, and if you have them on Home Snap or whatever, and all of a sudden they're calling you, going, "I can go at lunchtime," and you might be getting your hair done. You're like. Okay, we'll meet there at noon. Right. Because you have to. Right. It's crazy. Yeah, you've got to be, as a realtor, you have to be ready to, to drop everything and, and run out the door. Right now you do, yep. for sure. Joe, this has been really good. Tell us some things that are coming. You know, what's some stuff coming up at Upstar? Yeah, so as I mentioned earlier on, we have just a, a million events coming up. Some of them are for members only. We have our golf outing coming up, things like that. I mean, that's that's always, always a lot of fun. Yeah, that, that stuff's always going when on. When is that again? I'm sorry. Oh, I don't have that day. Okay. You got, you got, reach out, reach out. Okay. Um, but but for the public, a couple things that we have that I can, anybody who's listening to this, um, that I can kind of highlight, we have coming up. Uh, we're going to have a presence at the Open Streets Festival on August 20th, downtown Fort Wayne. Um, and that's supporting the Clean Dra- Clean Drains Fort Wayne initiative, um, which uses art to educate the community about river pollution and that rain is really the only thing that should ever go in the storm drains. So that's a big deal, keeping our rivers clean. We're the, ri- we're the city of three rivers. We want to keep those those as free of chemicals as we can. So that's, a, that's an initiative we're always really happy to be a part of just to help the community. Um, we're actually going to have, we're, we're looking for a realtor with artistic talent right now to, to actually paint one of the storm drains. They, they use art down there and they paint yeah. the drains with kind of messages. It's cool. Haven't it you seen neat. it downtown? I yeah. haven't seen that. Oh my goodness. It's really cool. Yeah, it's really a cool way. So um, They actually have a tour. You can pick yeah. up, there's a tour paper and it, and the little drains are really cute. There's like, some have little crabs. Some, it's just funny. You're just funny. Why? Because you're just really into it and you just, you well, know. I support Fort Wayne. You, sh- you should. I'm not knocking that. It was just cute how you just kind of like, oh, yeah. <laughs> You're just into it. That's all. All good. What about uh, June? Is Tell us a little bit about June here this month. Yeah. So June uh, is National Home Ownership Month. So um, NAR is, is of course, very involved um, at the federal level uh, with, with the White House, with the, the initiatives that are going on for this national sort of holiday month um, of National Home Ownership Month. So um, they're promoting it heavily. And to, f- to learn more about how now, uh, NAR is promoting home ownership, um, which, as you guys know, is still the number one path to creating that generational wealth um, in, in the country, um, we have some information on that on our website. So you can just go to upstarindiana.com. Uh, one of the big splash splash screens at the top will, will lead you to a NAR page that explains the initiatives. What's NAR? NAR is the National Association of Realtors. Yep. I, I knew that. I know you knew. <laughs> Joe, this has been great. This has been really, really, I feel like a lot of valuable information. There was valuable information the last time too, but Tyler didn't know how to do the controls correctly. 
Okay. You guys want me to step out? No. I'm, work this out? I'm, just, I'm just giving him a hard time. Oh, then you cough on me. So, um, <laughs> I didn't cough on you. What are you talking about? So, uh, Joe, thank you so much for coming again. We appreciate your time. I think this was a really valuable episode. You got anything you want to add? Um, Joe, do you want to give Upstar's telephone number for anybody who might have some questions or if they want to get involved with the school? I know you'd mentioned the website and so forth. Can you give those two things again? Yeah, absolutely. So our, our main website is upstarindiana.com, U-P-S-T-A-R. In case you're hearing me say upstart, it's not. It's upstar. Um, upstarindiana.com, upstarschool.com is our, as we mentioned before, our pre-licensing and post-licensing and all that um, class information. And then, of course, you can call in uh, 260-426-4700. And all that information will be in the show notes. This is Tyler Morningstar with the Selling Point Wayne podcast. Thank you for listening. Thank you, Joe. We It's always a wealth of information and our four or five listeners. Thank you too for tuning in. And again, we're going to offer that $50 gift card. So the first person who shares that and puts something on uh, the comments that they've listened or they're going to share it, get a hold of us. You can get that $50 gift card that Tyler is going to provide you with. <laughs> All righty. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks,